Today on the 222 Paranormal Podcast, we have the godfather of the paranormal, John Zaffis. Welcome to the 222 Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Jennings. Short sister, me, Jen. Hello. Hi, everybody. Short but kicks butt. That's right. I'm like a mini Chuck Norris. Watch out. <gasps> listen to this. Don't give her nunchucks. <laughs> I'm dangerous. I'm she uses the dowsing rods as nunchucks. That's right. <laughs> i bash on my own teeth out. <laughs> Okay, I had to pull myself together because I'm so excited about our guest today. Oh, yeah. Joe, I'm fangirling out ah. completely because, you know, I have a secret crush on John's. Oh, do you? It's not yes. a secret now because you just told it to our Millions three million listeners. listeners. No, yeah. I, I, I think he's amazing, and I love that we got to be across from him at the Michigan Paracon. Our I, booths were directly across from each other, and I got to stare at him all day. <laughs> he kept looking over going... Who are those weird people Why is over there? Yeah. staring at me? No. <laughs> I remember... I'm <laughs> joking. Our first Michigan Paracon that we went to, Andrea Perrin, Chip Coffee, they were all right in the same room with us. Yeah. And during the whole day, <laughs> you saw things flying over because they have the, the pipes and drapes in between the two halves of the room. And I remember Zaffis poking his head through and throwing stuff at Andrea. Uh, <laughs> They were having so a blast. That's how they are, though. They're yeah. so much fun. Yeah, for sure. So if you aren't aware, and if you are not aware, now you will be. Uh, John Zaffis was born in Connecticut. He is a writer, but most known for being the godfather of the paranormal. He's been featured on many, many, many paranormal shows, and he is foremost and mostly respected for being demonologist worldwide he's been consulted on cases all over the world in various cultures and religions john is also the nephew of ed and lorraine warren and has the haunted collection he is the haunted collector he is yeah he has a museum it's actually closed right now he's moving to a different location and it's not open yet but some of the things in his collection i went up on the museum's website here you have the antique clown this antique clown was bought from an antique store about a week after buying the clown the buyer allegedly experienced bizarre dreams about the clown which i can believe seeing what it looks like <laughs> <laughs> Investigator Jane held the clown in an attempt to see if she could pick up something with her ability of psychometry. Seconds after picking up the clown, Joanne quickly put it back down on the chair, describing the unsettling feeling that it gave her that was too intense to hold. There's also Simon. This is a ventriloquist doll. It was owned by a little child, and the child kept telling his mom that Simon kept speaking with him. He wanted to speak with him all the time, which had gone on for several days. One of the occasions, the mom walked into the child's room, and the child was sitting across from Simon. As she looked at Simon, his mouth was distinctly moving. At the time, the mother panicked, and she called her clergy, with whom John is a good friend. The clergy member 
then contacted John, and John arrived to meet the family. The clergyman blessed the home. John removed the doll and has not been a problem in the house ever since. So this doll was actually talking to the children, the child. John also has a painting of a clown. The painting is depicting a sad clown, which was purchased by a woman in an estate sale, which we've mentioned before, estate sales. (laughs) (laughs) The woman hung the painting in her living room. Soon after putting the picture on the wall in her home, the family allegedly witnessed the clown's eyes following them around the room. The painting would allegedly fall off the wall without any visible explanation. Although the history of the painting is unclear, it could be reasonably suspected that there was some sort of spirit attachment to the painting, which caused strange occurrences in the woman's home. Wow. I mean, he has thousands of items. He has thousands Thousands. of items. Yeah. I mean, he's got a grandfather clock that's haunted, uh, marionettes. He's got a school desk chair. The desk was originally on a college campus. Some of the students felt that there was a spirit attached to this particular desk. During John's investigation, the desk moved across the floor with an individual sitting in it. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) He has a military jacket. Jacket was owned by a teenage girl who had an interest in the military apparel. She purchased the old military jacket and a state sale once again. When the girl wore the jacket, she allegedly became unusually cold, possibly indicating that the energy was being drained out of her. The woman would have strange dreams where she would hear soldiers talking with one another. The phenomenon seemed to occur during the daytime as well. The girl contacted John, asking John to, or asking what she should do. John suggested that she stop wearing the jacket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The girl agreed and did not have any occurrences afterwards, but John has this jacket in his museum. So anyways, he is the godfather of the paranormal, owns a museum with tons of items, and uh, we had a great interview with him. It was amazing, you know. So I think they're here to not hear us. They're yes. actually here to hear John. So let's get into the interview. And as usual, here's the interview, and we will talk to you after the interview. And with us today, coming to you from 2022 Michigan Paragon, we have the one, the only, the godfather of ghost hunters, <laughs> John Zappas. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. You know, we see you every year, and you're always just so bright and chipper and, and just full of vim and vigor. How, how do you do it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, we uh, just... I don't know. I always just look at it at the point that, you know, everybody comes out, everybody's paying good money to see us and mm-hmm. talk with us and intermingle with us. So, you know, it's a, an important element of, you know, interacting with everybody. I, lo- yeah, I enjoy I love, it. Yeah. I love it. I do too, yeah. yeah. I just get so much great positive energy when we come to this particular... Uh, Paracon, I just love it, you know, because everybody's here. It's like a family reunion. You get to see people you only get to see every once in a while, but it's great. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the new. I noticed you have a new book out. Yeah, I saw the new book over there. You have some books over on your table. Oh yeah, well, I have five books that are uh, out, and I'm drawing a blank with the title. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I'm going on no sleep though. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Uh. <laughs> How, do you um, drive here or you fly here? No, I fly, okay. fly, fly okay. in. Yep. Great. Definitely. Yeah. It's, um, tell us a little bit about your writing style. Like, how, What inspires you to write? Are you like a night writer? Are you a- I, 
normally disciplined in your writing? No, I'm not disciplined in anything. <laughs> so it's you know, random here or there, or it's just capturing the moment um, with people. And probably the be the best element with it is the people that I work with, because they you know again, capturing the moment, capturing all the different things, you know. When, sp when Spirit Speaks, We Listen. Yeah. That's my newest book, and that's in conjunction with Debbie and Larry Elward, which I've worked with for 40 years. So again, you know, it, it's a phenomenal thing and a good thing that you're able to get you know, people that you worked with that you know, we collaborated on it and we're able to pull all of it together and to be able to share those stories. Yeah. That's one of your best elements, one of the best things you could do. It's amazing. Now what would people be surprised if they what they find in your book? What what would surprise them about? I think the being so candid and going into, you know, most people just go right into the history, you know, what's happening in the case. But to me, uh, and, uh, what I like about it a lot is uh, incorporating what is transpiring with us that are there investigating. So that uh, the last two books that was able to be captured. And Debbie was pretty good at pulling that all together, what she would experience, what uh, Father uh, Larry would experience, what I would experience, and combined it and just tell it as a story, not necessarily a novel or, you know, something that is 100% scripted. It's more dialogue that uh, an average person can relate to. And are you actively working cases? Are people calling you out? Yeah. Oh. No, I still yeah. wow. I still go out on cases. I don't do as much as I used to. I'm not uh, one to run out the door real quick anymore. <laughs> you know, like years ago. But, you know, uh, at any given time, well, this week alone, I'd say, uh, yeah, seven. Seven different cases that I've recently gotten involved with. Now, is it mostly residential? Is it businesses? Mostly residential. I do a lot of uh, residential cases, and the biggest reason with I, the reason why I do a lot of them is the fact that I work with a lot of spiritual people, meaning priests or you know, could be a rabbi, it could be a minister, and a lot of times they'll just call me and go, John, would you check this out to see if there's any legitimacy with it, you know, before we actually get deeply involved. And a lot of times in those situations, I will jump in and help them out. No, I know. There's a lot of um, talk about, you know, Christian and, and Catholics who uh, call are called on. Do you ever have like any different type of religions call you into cases? Oh, like, absolutely, maybe, all like, the time. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, I've worked on quite a few Native American cases over the years. Uh, Jewish people, non-denominational is very big today because a lot of people just don't believe in organized religions per se. So again, it's um, a variety of different things that uh, you get involved with. And the, the objective a lot of time, you know, uh, looking at it is just trying to comprehend, figure out what's going on, what's happening, and just try to uh, help an individual out to understand sometimes what's going on, whether it's paranormal or it's not paranormal. So. Do you find the cases that are more religiously based, I don't want to say on the darker side, but on the more to where the demonology stuff comes out or more of 
like the happy side because I know that most of the hauntings I have seen mm-hmm. have been on more of the happy side, mm-hmm. you know. Well, again, too, the, what's interesting about our field with, with investigating and everything, you know, when we deal with the human spirit cases, which same thing here, I deal more with that than anything else. Yeah. Because I think when it goes down that avenue with so many people saying, oh, you got demons in your house, I think you mm-hmm. got to be very careful with that. Yeah. You know, because that's, you know, a lot of times it's not really something that is a demonic case. And there could be other reasons why things are occurring and happening. So I don't really look at things so much from that perspective that I could just say that it's religious base. Okay. But you will find a lot of times, quote unquote, in a religion, very strong religious family or a religious person the activity could be a lot more intense. Okay. That could happen, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Is that maybe because they're just so emotionally invested or vested in the case? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, their, their foundation, once that foundation is rattled in their belief systems and they're trying to come to terms with some of the things that are occurring and happening, it's a difficult. It's difficult because so many religions say, "Don't believe in ghosts. Don't yeah. believe in this. Don't believe in that." And then when it's occurring and you're trying to, you know, help them out, they have to reevaluate sometimes how they're looking at things. Yeah, and we get that a lot where people will come up to us and they'll say, "I don't believe in that. I'm a Christian," or "I don't believe in that. I believe in Jesus." And I'm like, "But it's a, it's the same thing, only different. Mm-hmm. It's." the same belief system but you're believing in that Jesus died resurrected in three days and came back to his disciples and when he came back to the disciples they actually said that they did not recognize him he was a ghost Mm -hmm. so I mean it's the same belief but you put it in different perspectives well you also got to remember too in when you look at the fundamentals getting involved with the especially the Christian perspective of this and a lot of times when you say what you just said Mm -hmm. people take that step back and go what do you mean he was a ghost i've heard i've heard other people say that Mm -hmm. and i go it depends on how different people interpret different things exactly and again you have to take all that in when looking at the big picture and comprehending a lot of that stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just and it's not saying you know that a lot of people will say, well, you're wrong, you're wrong. It's like, no, everybody has their own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And everybody interprets what happens to them in different ways. And, again, that's a good, healthy way to do it. Mm-hmm. And I do that. Yeah. You know, again, I base a lot what I do. I go from a Christian perspective, but that's me. Yeah. There's a lot of other people out there that aren't like that. So, therefore, you know, again, it's important if you're being a researcher to try to figure out the different dynamics that tie in with so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In general, what percentage of the cases are truly demonic? Is it a very small percentage? Okay, for the majority of the time, yes, it's a small percentage. I, on the flip end, deal more with the negative things because I get so involved with different clergy people. Mm Mm-hmm. So therefore, the evaluations a lot of times are different 
I have to really look and understand if there's that possibility that you know they, they, there's something that's tying in with that. But on the flip end of that, from my you know paranormal organization and what we do, we deal with a lot of human spirit cases. It's not anything demonic whatsoever. Yeah. People don't understand that a lot of times when, you know, um, if a person was a mean, rotten drug addict or an abusing mm -hmm. person in life, they're going to be like that as a yeah. coach. So therefore, can it be a dark human spirit? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had any, like, hilarious things happen when you were on an investigation Oh, thing? I think all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, they, you, again, that you would like to share. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes into the comedy, of, not really the comedy of it, but yeah. the situations when something happens or you could be in a house and something could fall over or something and it's not paranormal, I'll jump right up out of a chair. <laughs> you know, I, I'll go, oh, and I'll get startled or somebody else will do something or something will occur that's absolutely nothing paranormal whatsoever. And a lot of times when you're investigating, too, once you get into those giggles, it's hard to get out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you just start sitting there laughing, and it, you, you could just keep going and going. And you're in a quiet room, dark, lots of times dark. I mean, yeah. we do investigate during the light, you know, and all that. But you're mainly in a dark, old building. Something's going to make a noise, and it does freak you out. It yeah. <laughs> it's usually Joe's stomach growling in the middle oh, of the yeah. investigation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We were po we were podcasting the other day at his house, mm -hmm. and I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, okay, I'm just seeing things. And all of a sudden, I saw something moving. A stray cat wandered in his house in the middle of our podcast, and I screamed at the top of my lungs. Like, you just yeah, never it, know. You it's, just never it's know. stuff like that that's even more oh, it's hilarious. You know, hysterical, and you, you just have so many of those funny things. I remember one time uh, years ago, um, when the especially with the waterbeds, there was somebody laying on the waterbed, and I wasn't thinking anything of it, and I dove right onto it, but there was barely any water. In it. Oh, no. oh, I smashed my face right into oh. the bottom of it, and I was just laughing like you couldn't oh, believe when that happened. That's crazy. So things like that that are intriguing and yeah. uh, you know keep my interest and in stuff. What do you love most about coming to the conventions? People. Yeah. people that is the main objective is just intermingling and talking to people and just getting to see people well especially right now because so many of of us haven't really been out doing a heck of a lot yeah. so there's been several people today that I talked to that came up that I've known from over the years saying they were thrilled to death this is the first time they've been out in two and a half years mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's good because, you know, we all have we to get this. back out there and get used to being able to move forward. Yeah. And one of the things that when I started coming to conventions, you know, you get this picture in your mind of what paranormal people are. And I found out that you become really good friends with so many people. And there are so many good people in the paranormal. Oh, yeah. And you're open oh, yeah. to talk about anything. Yeah. You know, again, um, I think that's a, an important element because I see it disappearing today with a, a lot of people. You know, that, you know, going back and forth, talking, establishing friendships, establishing 
these different things. It's not there today. Yeah. It's not like it used to be with everybody. But then again, due to technology, due to the internet, due to everything, so much has just changed over the years. So, you know, it's a, diff it's a different world today. Yeah. You know, you, you can communicate better with people. And also, your energy is out there more. Mm -hmm. And people pick up on that. You know, yeah. we, we just we recorded a podcast about the 100 monkey effect where there were monkeys that were cleaning potatoes off to eat them. Mm -hmm. And it was a hypothetical number, but after the 100th monkey, the people or the monkeys on the mainland were doing the same thing. So their energy was put out into the universe and they picked up on that. And oh, I yeah. feel that I that's the that. same way when we come into conventions, we talk to so many people, This the energy and the vibe of these conventions mm -hmm. are awesome because we all connect. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of like with your collecting of um, haunted objects and stuff. Mm -hmm. The energy is put into that object, and, you know, it's like the stone tape theory. Mm -hmm. And that energy could be released in a good way or a bad way, depending on how you treat that item. Mm -hmm. And it all goes back to that was a personal thing for someone, and they put their energy into it because they loved or, some, you know, yeah, something absolutely. like that. Absolutely, yeah. I definitely believe that. Mm -hmm. You know, again, too, uh, with anything, I think uh, w when it comes into items holding on to the energy, you know, the dynamics. But what I find more intriguing is the fact sometimes the stories I tie in with these yeah. items. You know, they, they could be just like things that are mind-blowing and you sit back and you just go, wow. Yeah. You know, again, it, it's... A particular case I'm involved with right at this point, this gentleman is so wrapped up into this stupid... Remember the little mechanical monkeys, there's a name for them. He yeah. is 100% convinced that this monkey was responsible for three people dying. Oh, wow. And you can't tell him any different. Yeah. He goes, John, no matter where this monkey goes, devastation happens. And he was telling me the whole story, and I was just like... How can you prove or disprove something like that and you really can't? Yeah. Because, you know, three deaths is a coincidental. You know, it could be, but, I mean, that. oh, then he put it into another building and the building flooded. Okay. Then he moved it again and the other building got robbed after the... It was just like this whole crazy stories tying in with this monkey that it's hard to, how, to dispute how or why but it's happening yeah and he's convinced the monkey's causing the problem okay and it's you know it it could be coincidence like you say and he just says well because the monkey's there it happened but it couldn't happen you know we see things happen all the time yeah but if that's what he believes then you know did he want you to take the object oh yeah yeah have you ever I refused to I, take an object? Have you ever refused to take an object? Never refused to act. No, wait a minute, I'm wrong. Yes. They, again, I'm not interested in grandma's five-carat ring. Yeah. I don't want anybody's... Yeah. They, again, you have to be careful and you have to watch and judge, you know, and come up with suggestions a lot of times, especially if somebody's family heirloom. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't want that responsibility mm -hmm. i don't like that and you know i'll make suggestions put it in a safe deposit box or you know i'll do bindings of prayers to try to remedy different things so but yeah no there's been a lot of times where i've refused yeah. yep. 
what do you what do you generally do when someone gives you an item? Do you do you I mean what what's your procedure when you receive? There, an there's item? no really set procedure because okay. it depends on circumstances. All right. Depends on what I'm dealing with. Am I going to do a binding and prayers over an item? Am I going to bury the item? Is the item going to get moved to another location? There's so many different things that I have to take into consideration when I deal with things like that. Yeah. Now, have you ever had an experience where you have taken something and you want to give it back? I've never had a, uh, where I've had, you know, a situation where I say, no, take the item back. I've had people ask for items back and I've given it to them and they send it right back to you. So again, that's not an unusual thing. Yeah. Either. Have you ever want? Have anybody ever um, approached you about buying the objects that you have? That they have. That you have. To do what? Has anybody ever approached you wanting to buy your items? Yes. Yeah, I do not. So I mm -hmm. never. You know, uh, again, depends on how people view things, how people look at things, and. I look at things probably from a different perspective than most people. So again, I'm it, probably sitting on a million dollars worth of haunted items, but but it's also a respect thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't, you know, it's not always a way that I would look at something or go from that perspective. So mm -hmm. they're not toys no. to be on display. They, mm -hmm. You know, they, yeah, they're energy. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. We're really excited that you're here. Uh, hoping and wishing you sell every book on your table so you don't have to bring <laughs> them too. home with you. Please, everybody, if you're here at Michigan PeerCon, come and get the books. Order them online. Go to his website and enter the raffle as well. I see you have a yeah. raffle going yeah. on over there. I must get yeah. my tickets here. And you're definitely going to learn from the books. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Well, what I'm excited about is the, this month particular... August uh, marks my 50th year of being in the paranormal. Wow. Oh, wow. So, you know, that was a, a big thing when... Um, but you're only 37. How's that possible? No. I know, right? <laughs> Reincarnation. Know, know what I know now at 37? Yeah. Can be you in good shape. Can be you good imagine? Shape. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much yeah. for having thank me. You. Blessings to you. It. Thank you so thank much. You. Appreciate you. So, yeah, that was awesome, as usual. It's just so neat to be able to sit down Wonderful. with a legend. Yes, what an honor. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mr. Zappas. But uh, <laughs> we're going to run into John once again in Ann Arbor. He's going to be at the Potographs Paranormal Convention in Ann Arbor. So if you're in the area, come on out. That's a great cause. I'll throw a link up in the show notes for that. But we're also going to be there. We're going to be doing interviews there. So if you're out and about in Ann Arbor, stop on by. Like I said, it's a great cause. Um, we're going to try to fill the 222 Paranormal Podcast tour bus with as much dog food, cat food, treats, everything, because that's what this convention's all about. It's to help out the local shelter. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great, great cause that Tim Malley puts on, and it's for a great cause. If you're an animal lover or paranormal lover, you need to be there. Yeah, they have some amazing speakers, including John Zappas. So come on out. It's in March. It's in Ann Arbor. Check it out on our website. We'll have the link up on the website. We'll also put it in the, in the show notes. And uh, I'll put a link to John Zappas' website here. I'm looking at it. Like I said, the, the museum is closed right now, but he has great info on his website. And stay tuned for next week's show. We have an amazing show. Another celebrity 
local celebrity, but she's known all over the world. She is the astrologer to the stars. And it was an awesome interview. We got to sit down in her office. The sound is a little different because we just handheld the microphones and we just chatted, but it was awesome. So stay tuned next week. It is an amazing show. She's an amazing person, and you're going to learn a lot. Yep. Don't want to miss this one. Yes. All right, as we always say, please, please share the show. Once again, thank, thank you, John Zappas, for being on. We had a blast, and we will see you in March. Absolutely. Until then, thank Thanks. you for listening, and we will talk to you later. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. In the days of Jersey, glorious times, you're confusing your life and your life. But you know the truth But you never understood Even kid never heard a word What?